Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hi friends and welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is episode 49 of the podcast, Weight Loss and Wellness for Real. And we are talking today about urges and why we keep doing the thing we don't really want to do. We're going to talk about sort of creating an understanding and some clarity around that question that so many of us ask ourselves. Why do we keep doing the thing we don't want to do? Why do we overeat? Why do we drink? Why do we smoke? Why do we do these things that really we wish we were not doing? Okay, before we get into it, you guys know the drill. First of all, website, you can head to uh, heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. From there, you can sign up for my monthly newsletter that I send out, all things well-being. Usually have some discount codes in there for different uh, companies that I'm partner with. You can also get to my social media handles. Um, you can also ask me questions from there and feel free to do so. You can ask me any questions, weight loss and health related, um, as well as inner, any intermittent fasting questions you might have for the other podcast that I do. That one is called the Heather Heinen Intermittent Fasting Podcast, also found anywhere uh, you listen to this podcast as well as you can go to my website and listen to both podcasts from there. Um, but when I get my analytics, I see most of you listen to most or both those podcasts on Apple Podcasts. Anyway, uh, feel free to email those questions. Let me know if you want me to use your first name when reading the question on air or if you prefer to stay anonymous. I'll do whatever you ask me to do. Also, come over to Facebook and join our group, which is called Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle for Weight Loss, Maintenance, and Health. Obviously, that group is focused more on intermittent fasting. So do not join the group if you're not interested in that. But if you are, come on over to learn more about that. Okay, so moving on to our topic today. Why do I keep doing the thing I don't want to do? If you listened to last week's episode, you are now very aware of urges and their ability to kind of undo everything we may have worked hard to do. They, they are what cause us to do the things we really don't want to do. So, you know, I think it's a good idea to focus on... Um, a little bit more in depth on understanding and gaining clarity around urges and why they're there. And remember that understanding and clarity is really important to start to unwind those things. So here's an example. You want to lose weight. 
You keep overeating so you can't lose weight. The reason you are overeating is because you experience a thought and then an urge, because urge is a feeling. You know, you have that urgy feeling, those sensations through your body. It comes from a thought. And so you get up from the couch and go get something out of the fridge or pantry to eat, even when you're not hungry. Or you experience a thought about that donut in the break room and then an urge to eat the donut in the break break room comes up. And so you give in and go do it. These urges create patterns of patterns of behavior that keep you from reaching your weight loss and or health goals. Um, and it's not all about urges. Sometimes we do overeat out of mindless eating or patterns that are in place, behavior patterns that are in place. And these are um, more habits and, and patterns, but maybe not actually urgy. They might, you know, sometimes we overeat and we don't feel urgy. But today we're focusing on those thoughts that bring intense urges, that bring us into behaviors, bring us into performing the behaviors we actually wish we weren't doing or, or don't actually want to do. So I'm going to just segue a second. I, you know, I want to talk a little bit about voices. I hope you are finding something useful from these episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation like 99 cents helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. So let's just acknowledge that we all have different voices with different messages in our heads. And this does not mean we're crazy. I have some people who come to me and they think because they have all these you know, kind of different voices going on um, with different messages, different thoughts. You know, some people really do feel like they're crazy. And, you know, I'm not talking about, I mean, we do have people who deal with schizophrenia and hallucinations and delusions and those sorts of things. That's not what I'm talking about here. Um, you know, we do all, though, have different voices in our head with different messages. And again, does not mean we're crazy this is very normal, very human. Um, these voices offer us thoughts and often it feels like these thoughts are ours. Like we, we are thinking these thoughts and because we're having these thoughts, they must be from us and very true. Many of us maybe have one voice saying, um, you need to eat that. You will feel so much better if you eat it. And almost simultaneously, a voice that says, don't eat it. If you eat it, you won't lose a pound this week. You're supposed to be dieting. Yes, eat it. It will feel amazing. No, don't. And this back and forth of the voices, you know, I guess I always think about, what was that cartoon? Was it Tom and Jerry? Where the little, oh my gosh, and if some of you are younger, you're not going to maybe know who Tom and Jerry is. But anyway, those of us who are older, Tom and Jerry, remember the little, I think it was that one, the little angel, the little demon on the shoulders, kind of feels like that. 
don't eat it, eat it, don't eat it, eat it. And this back and forth eventually gets so exhausting. And eventually for most of us, the voice saying eat it produces that incredibly powerful urge. And, you know, that urge again is a feeling. And then the sensations that go through our body almost build stronger and stronger. Most of us, when we're feeling urgy, a lot of us, you know, feel that tightness in our chest. Um, You almost get like a almost a sick or really tight or hot feeling in the stomach. Um, And everybody experiences feelings in their body in different ways. And by the way, that would be a good thing for you to pay attention to what, what, where do you feel the urge in your body start going through that body scan and, you know, explaining how an urge feels to yourself that can be actually really powerful and lessen the intensity of the urge. Remember body scans can help lessen that. But, but anyway, you know, we, we have such a strong um, sensation and feeling in our body. It gets stronger and stronger until most of us, in order to reduce that tension, that feeling, those sensations of the urge, give in and just eat the thing um, to reduce and take away the horrible tension that the urge produces in our body. It's, it's important to start to understand that these voices, which I am now going to call thoughts because for many people, that's just a safer, easier word to use. Um, it's important to understand that these thoughts are not necessarily true. So the voice saying, and, and that might be, you might say like, yeah, duh, but I really want you to, to get into this with me because um, this is more about really incorporating, trying to figure out a way to incorporate that belief of... Um, you know, all our thoughts are not necessarily true. You may think that's, some of you may not have ever thought about it before, and that's why this can be helpful. Some of you might be saying, oh yeah, duh, I mean, I know that. But but stay with me here, because we're going to get into some deeper stuff on on how to really start to shift those sort of thoughts to really help be able to move through the urge. So anyway, the voice saying, eat it, you must eat it to feel better, to feel okay, or you deserve it, is not true. It's simply... That lower brain, remember what we talked about last week, it's simply that lower brain. And this is why learning to get skilled at, you know, we'll just in quotation marks here, thought work is so important to get yourself living the life you want to be living. These thoughts can arise often because they are habits that our lower brain has been producing over and over for such a long period of time. And there's lots of reasons why we get into these habits of thoughts, and and we're not going to go into that now. I've covered that in past episodes, and I'm sure will again in the future, but typically it has to do with the environment we were raised in and relationships we've been a part of, but for our purposes today, we're going to just focus on the idea or fact that many untrue thoughts arise due to the thoughts being thought over and over and over again, creating a habit of thought. So now these thought patterns are habits and come up over and over again. So just like you can have behavioral habits, you can have habits of thought. So basically you could, you know, kind of think of it as your neurons are firing on a very well-worn path from following the same pattern of connection 
over time, over and over and over again. And now this is a very easy path for those neurons to follow. And so that's what they do over and over again because it's so easy. They keep throwing up the same habit thoughts that are not necessarily true. So really understanding these thoughts are not you. Like really starting to grasp the concept These thoughts that are coming up out of habit are not personally you. They are just coming up through you, from your lower brain. They are just thoughts, just patterns of thoughts that the lower brain produces. Remember that lower brain is the pattern producing machine and all thoughts are not true. This is why doing the work to practice stepping back, becoming the observer of your thoughts and watching them, detached and unemotional, besides being curious, being that curious scientist of your thoughts. I call this actually stepping into your wise mind. This is where you are in a space of simply being curious, watching the thoughts, you are in your wise mind. It is such an important skill to practice and learn. And again, this is a skill. It can be learned through practice. Once you're in the practice of being more aware of your thoughts and recognizing, again, you know, I talk a lot about awareness. So once you're in the pattern or the practice of Being more aware of your thoughts and recognizing the ones that are not useful, you get into a space of neutrality and not dramatizing or getting into emotion that the unhelpful thoughts may bring. So often we have very unhelpful thought patterns that throw up a lot of heavy duty or dramatic emotion and that's a lot where the urge comes in. You know, it's heavy duty, it's dramatic. Um, but this can be other dramatic, over emotional, um, um, over dramatic, you know, really intense emotions as well. Um, and once you're in that practice of becoming more aware of your thoughts and stepping back into that wise mind so that you can recognize the ones that are not useful. You kind of get detached from them. You recognize these thoughts are not me and that thought is not useful. You get to be in that space of much more neutral, um, you know, not that dramatic emotion. I'm repeating myself here, but anyway, trying to hit the point home. Anyway, with this neutrality of emotion, you are much more able to make better decisions rather than making decisions based on unhelpful thoughts or on urges that bring, you know, lots of drama, lots of over-emotion, that urge. Um, You don't want to be making decisions based off dramatic emotion. It's never a good idea when we make decisions in our behaviors based on heightened or dramatized emotion. When we do that, we we are in a state of reaction. So we want to make decisions in spite of any emotion we are experiencing. We want to be in that wise mind. We want our decisions to be wise and that support our goals and dreams. And from making decisions from that wise mind, this is what we call responding. So 
you know, we have two words here, reaction and responding. We really don't want to make decisions in a state of reaction due to a lot of heightened dramatized emotion or urges. We, we want to make decisions about our behaviors in the responding mode. So we want responses to our thoughts and feelings, not reactions to our thoughts and feelings. Um, reactions are, you know, I always think of them as very immediate and based solely on our emotions, usually our very heightened emotions, you know, so reaction would be someone cuts you off in traffic, you're immediately like heart pounding, super pissed off, you know, and so you're like screaming out, flipping them off. And then you, you know, realize it's a little grandma, or maybe it's your grandma, you know, or someone you know, if you've ever done that, that's the worst. And then you're immediately like, okay, that was not a good decision to react like that. So responses are a little slower. They're from our wise mind and they're based on less dramatized emotion and more on our observations of our thoughts and feelings. So so sometimes we may step back and watch our thoughts and realize, well, those thoughts may be true. My my thoughts are telling me I'm a failure, failure or that I'll never get to my goal or this is too hard. And and so we may not believe yet that these thoughts are untrue. We may even believe them. Like, yeah, that's kind of right, you know? I am a failure and I'm never going to get to my goal and for sure this is too hard. We do often believe these things until we do the work of building feelings and thoughts of self-work worth. But but even if we believe these thoughts might be true, then this is where we can use the intervention of asking the question, is this thought helpful? Is it useful? So even if you sort of believe those things, you can still move into the space of doing this work by asking the question, okay, yeah, I might believe that, but is it helpful? Is it useful? And these are the questions you're asking when you're in that wise mind, when you're stepping back, when you're watching your thoughts, when you are staying neutral in that space is where you ask yourself, is that thought helpful? Is it useful? It might be true, but more important, is it helpful? Is it useful? If you get good at asking, is this thought I'm having helpful for my goal? Is the thought you're never going to get to your goal. This is too hard, useful or helpful to get me to my goal. Uh, so no. And, and if the answer is no, then it's time to start practicing thinking a new thought to start to get your brain thinking in a different way and interrupting that pattern of unhelpful thoughts, which again, you may believe they're true. They might be true. You might have lots of evidence where you're like, yeah, but that thought is true. Okay, that's fine. But is the thought helpful or useful to get you to the goal you're trying to get to? So we want to interrupt that pattern of unhelpful or unuseful thoughts. And we break habits of thoughts the same way we break behavioral habits. Well, I would say we break behavioral habits by breaking habits of thought first. But often we can work on the behaviors too at the same time. But we break habits of thoughts the same way we break behavioral habits. We, we need to interrupt the pattern of the habit and replace it with something else. So if I'm trying to quit smoking and I always keep my cigarettes in the center console of my car, you know, one way to interrupt that pattern is I need to move the pack to my glove compartment. So 
the cigarettes are still there. They're still in my presence. I can still access them. So I don't have a lot of anxiety over not having any as I'm trying to quit or anything like that. They're still there. But moving them into a different spot interrupts my normal behavioral pattern of getting in my car, grabbing the pack and lighting up without even thinking about it. Now I've introduced an interruption into this habit by having to actually lean over, open the glove compartment. Because I created that interruption, that space, that space between you know, the um, behavioral action of doing the thing. I've created some space, some time. You know, I have a chance in that space at making a different decision. So with because I created an interruption, a little bit more space, there is a possibility I now have a shot at being a little bit more mindful and making a different decision, maybe not to smoke. Now, truth is, I'm, I might smoke and I probably will smoke if I'm just starting to do this. But over time, creating more interruptions and more space will help me move out of those specific patterns of... Um, of smoking. So once you start thinking a new, more helpful thought on purpose in these moments, you will find you begin to feel more willing to perform the behaviors you want to perform. Once you start thinking on purpose, a more helpful thought, that is you creating, interrupting the Um, unhelpful or not useful patterns of thought and creating that little bit of space between your thoughts. And this is where you will find that you begin to feel, remember, thoughts, feelings, behaviors. So we're changing the thought on purpose, which means you're going to begin to feel a different feeling. And in doing this, you will find you begin to feel more willing to perform the behavior you actually want to perform. For our purposes and our topic of weight loss uh, and, and breaking habits of thought, you, you're going to find you feel much more willing to stick to your mindful eating plan or you might find saying no to that extra cupcake is no problem at all. You know, there isn't an urge that comes up for you anymore in those situations. You'll find that the new behavioral habits you're trying to perform or the old habits you're trying to stop become much easier and smoother. This doesn't happen immediately. This takes time. It takes practice. Again, as I'm always saying, it really is a skill. It's like learning to ride a bike. You know, the... You, you fall off a lot at the beginning, but over time you learn it and eventually you can just hop on and ride. It becomes a lot more effortless. The more you practice creating space between your thoughts, the more you practice stepping back and into your wise mind, the more you ask, is this a helpful thought? the more you on purpose think a more helpful or useful thought in that space, the more you create feelings of willingness to stay with the behaviors that support your goals, knowing it takes time and knowing you are not going to be perfect at it all the time and being okay with that and just relaxed about it 
will actually, and this is very paradoxical for many people, but coming at it with that mindset and just being relaxed and understanding I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. This is not, I, nobody is perfect. Um, it actually coming at it from that mindset makes this work happen even quicker. So remember from last week's episode, we were looking to relax that lower brain and keep it feeling safe um, in order for it to not throw up urges, right? So we want to really be kind and compassionate with ourselves to keep that lower brain from thinking we are unsafe and we're in danger because if it thinks we are, because of our mindset and being all frantic and thinking we need to be perfect and we make a mistake and then we freak out. We have all these very heavily dramatized emotions around it. That lower brain is going to think we're not safe because we're all worked up. And so guess what it's going to do? It's going to throw up more and more and stronger and stronger urges to do the thing we really don't want to be doing, like eating or drinking. Because remember, again, to that lower brain, if it can get you to eat or drink, it's gonna. it knows you're going to feel relaxed in that moment. You're going to feel calm in that moment. But then you're going to feel terrible afterwards. And that's what we want to stay away from. So let's really keep that lower brain calm and relaxed by staying calm and relaxed around this process and understanding this is a skill. It takes practice. It takes time. There's going to be tons of mistakes along the way. Um, And feeling okay with knowing this thought work stuff takes that time and takes that practice. So you know how I always like to talk about the importance for our brains to have clarity and understanding, a narrative, a story, if you will, for us as you know, us as humans to psychologically get into that space to feel ready to make changes to our behaviors. This is what I hope you can take away from this episode and understanding a narrative, a clarity as to why we do the things we really don't want to do. Why we really don't want to overeat because we actually really want to fit into our genes, but we overeat anyway. Or why we really don't want to overdrink because we sleep terrible and know we feel awful the next day and we really don't want to feel that way. Truly, from our wise mind, we do not want to feel that way, but we overdrink it anyway. Or why we really don't want to text the guy we like because we know he's actually getting really annoyed with all our texts and searching for uh, confirmation and, and that we're looking for, you know, for him to give us reassurance and it's probably going to push him to not text back and be done with us, but we do it anyway. Or, Or why we really don't want to worry because we know we have the insight. It makes us feel terrible and it's affecting our relationships with the people we love, but we do it anyway. We worry anyway. We do the things we don't want to do because of thoughts that lead to urges, feelings, from the lower brain and the urges feel so real, so life and death that we act on them. We feel compelled to do the thing we don't want to do. So understanding this and really starting to incorporate this narrative, this story, this clarity about why you do the things you don't actually want to do is really the beginning that can be just a game changer to start to unwind your habits of thought 
and begin to work through the urges which come from those habits of thought, which eventually lead to more peace, more, well, the urges don't lead to that, but unwinding the thoughts that lead to the urges so that you experience much less urges as in, in intensity and frequency does lead to more peace, calm, and more of doing the things you actually want to be doing. More of feeling willing to engage in the new habits that you actually want to be doing. More willingness to be more mindful in your eating. Uh, an easier time of not overeating all the donuts or whatever it is. So here's a practical strategy you can implement this week if you choose to start to work on this. Remember, always your choice if you want to do this or not. But I do like to offer strategies for those of you who are kind of ready to do some of this work. So journal or talk to a trusted person in your life and explain to them or your journal why you do the thing you don't want to be doing. Use the information I just gave you in this episode, but put it into your own words. This this strategy of writing it out or talking it out with a trusted friend is going to give your mind even more clarity and understanding and get you and, and your brain into more often thinking more helpful and useful thoughts and then feeling more willing to do the things you actually want to be doing and not doing the things, the habits you don't want to be doing. So give it a try. This is powerful stuff And I've seen a lot of change happen quickly in doing these things uh, for myself, but also for many, many clients. I hope you found something useful from this episode. And if so, would you please consider sharing it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit? This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you're getting a lot from this podcast and want to help keep it going, you can go to anchor.fm forward slash Heather 1422 slash support. I'm going to repeat that again. It is anchor.fm forward slash Heather 1422 forward slash support. And from that, you can make a monthly donation, even the smallest donation, um, really, really helps keep me producing this podcast. To those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. means a lot. Beyond that, I really just appreciate all of you listening and taking the time to share this space with me, all of us together. I just really like that, that we're all together in this. Um, Just thankful for all of you. Talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Mm